And welcome back, everybody, to the Know It All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry, the Fantasy Football Know It All. You can find me on Twitter at FF Know It All. Email the show directly, Know It All Fantasy Football at gmail.com. Hope all of you had a great Labor Day weekend as we wrapped up summer. And that only means one thing. We are less than three days away from the kickoff of the 2022 NFL season. We'll preview Thursday night's game later in the podcast, uh, Bills versus Rams. But first, I did want to go over some uh, some do's and don'ts for the draft. And I had hoped to uh, release this earlier, but... Uh, In either case, there are drafts going on tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday, a slew of them, in fact. So hopefully this will help you. And even if it doesn't help you this year, put this in your reserve. It will most likely hold true for at least the next couple of seasons as, uh, for the most part, I have uh, preached the same thing for the last uh, four or five seasons in regards to draft uh, full pause, if you will, and things to look for and things to do strategy-wise. Uh, but we'll get to that. Before we get into any of the uh, uh, nuts and bolts of the show, I do want to talk about today's sponsor, and that, of course, is Bove Design. Guys, if you run a business or know somebody who does, they most likely have an outdated website set up if they even run one at all. That's where the folks at Bove Design come into play. Rob and company have all the tools that you will need to set yourselves up for success. Whether it is building a new website, tweaking the one that is up and running now, banner ads, graphic designs, logos, like the one I use for the show, Bove Design has got you covered. Make sure you guys check them out on Instagram at bove.design. That's B-O-V-E dot design. And Rob will set you up with whatever you need for your business to be successful. Make sure you check them out. Once again, that's Bove Design, B-O-V-E dot design on Instagram. You and your business will be happy that you did. All right, so let's head right into the uh, do's and don'ts of the draft. And I'm not going to list do's and don'ts separately. I'm just going to kind of go off the cuff here because they're they're pretty standard. And it's a lot of these are... I draft with people who have been playing fantasy football for years and years and years, and you can always tell the successful ones from the not successful ones based on what you see. I was in a draft the other day, before we even get into it, where there were backup defenses being drafted. We'll get into that. First, I want to start with the quarterback. With the way Josh Allen has played the last couple of seasons, it's easy to want to take him with one of your first few picks. Obviously, first round is rich for anybody's blood, but he's going in the second round in a lot of cases and the third round in most others. I argue against this all the time and I will never be the one to do it. As good as Allen is, you are locking yourself into a quarterback and passing on a star, whether it's a wide receiver or a running back. If you take somebody like uh, Jonathan Taylor in the first round, and then you come back around and take uh, Josh Allen, you're you're limiting yourself substantially there because you could take one of the top wide receivers that could still be on the board. You could get a C.D. Lamb. Uh, you might even get a Stephon Diggs falling to you at that point. Now you're at the turn, so you can theoretically go Diggs-Allen and get the stack there. But you just don't want to do that. 
you could set your team up so much better. Jonathan Taylor, C.D. Lamb, and say Nick Chubb, for example. That is a perfect way to start. Later on in the draft, you can get guys that will perform at a high level at the QB position and not get locked in to the quarterback. Staying on quarterbacks, don't draft a backup quarterback if it's a one QB league. It is so deep at that position that you can just stream when you need to stream, whenever that bye week is. If it's as early as week six or as late as week 13, you will have somebody that you can just stream at the position. Unless an injury hits, you don't need a backup quarterback. He's taking up space on your bench that you can stack with a running back or a wide receiver because let's face it, if those guys get uh, burned and, and hurt early and you lose them, then you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Last season, I'll give you an example, and this kind of goes back to drafting a quarterback too early. I drafted, I think it was in the fifth round last year, I drafted Tom Brady. I just didn't like what was there in the wide receivers and uh, running backs. Little did I know that there was value there and, and that I could have taken, and, and I'll elaborate. Brady had a fantastic year. He finished, depending on the format, in the top three, uh, top five at the position. He had weeks where he got you 40 points. He won some weeks for me. I got off to an amazing start last year. I was 4-0 heading into week five, but because I took Brady and I ended up taking a tight end relatively early last year too in TJ Hawkinson, I did not have the bench capacity in the running back position And what happened, Aaron Jones got off to a great start for me. David Montgomery was running lights out. Montgomery got hurt in week four, and Aaron Jones got hurt, even though he played through most of his injury. With those two guys, one was questionable and the other one wasn't playing, I had to scramble. I actually had to make a trade for Damian Williams, and then it turned out that he got hurt. So don't leave yourself in that position. I regretted it. I will not do it again. I did deviate away from my script. You will want to do that. It happens to the best of us. Just don't do it. I lost the the next four games and uh, seven of eight games, actually, and I had to scratch and claw to get into the playoffs. It wasn't a good feeling. It gave me agita every single week. Don't put yourselves in that position. You don't need to take a quarterback early, and you don't need to take a backup quarterback. Now, Another thing that I want to tell you is make sure that you, when you're drafting a tight end, make sure they're worth going where you take them. There is there what there is what we call runs in the business, and what a run is is when somebody takes, say, the first tight end off the board in Travis Kelsey or it could be Mark Andrews, whoever. All of a sudden. Everybody thinks they have to take a tight end. So bam, 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 the top five tight ends go off the board. Now you're like, oh, well, I don't have a tight end either. And then you reach for a TJ Hawkinson or a Dalton Schultz. Now, I like Dalton Schultz, but taking him in the fourth round, I wouldn't do. Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, right down the line it goes. This is a deep position this year. It's not usually, but this year you can find value later, especially high upside guys. Cole Komet comes to mind. David Njoku is another guy. There are flyers you could take like Cameron Brait in Tampa Bay or maybe even Gerald Everett out in LA. There's a, a lot, there are a lot of things that you can do at the, at the tight end position. So shore up the wide receivers and the running backs.
On to the next. Do not, under any circumstances, take a defense in the first 10 rounds of the draft. Yeah, I know. The Bills are great. They're not going to win you a championship. Let's just face facts where facts are. You have, every once in a while, you have that defense that scores you 25, 30 points a game. New England a few years ago, a couple of years before that, Jacksonville. I was lucky enough to have both of those defenses, but I didn't take them in the first 10 rounds. I took them late and they ended up doing well for me. Defenses aren't where you want to spend your, your high draft capital. It just isn't. Don't, don't do it. So they start taking the the top five or six ranked defenses. Let it fly. You can stream defenses throughout the season and and play the matchups. If somebody's playing the Jets, for example, somebody's playing Jacksonville, you can kind of mix and match as it goes along and be just as successful. Don't lock yourself into a defense. And that brings me into the next one. Do not, and I mentioned this at the top of the program, do not ever take a backup defense. What are you thinking? There's no point in that. You're going to let a defense rot on your bench uh, for no reason at all. Now, you might argue, oh, well, if I have Carolina and the Saints, I can, you know, mix and match based on, uh, like I just said, based on the matchup. You don't want to take up a a spot on your bench for that. I guarantee you, if you have both of those, uh, if you draft both of those defenses and you cut one, nobody's going to be screaming to pick them up. So keep them out there on waivers, grab them when you can, and you'll be happy. You'll, you'll have a bench full of usable running backs and usable wide receivers just in case they get hurt. Those positions, the scarcity of them on your roster are deadly. They will sink your team in a matter of weeks. So just make sure you don't get, to get caught doing that. It doesn't make any sense. And the same thing goes for kickers. And I'm not going to stay uh, on the subject of kicker very long. Don't take him early. I know Justin Tucker is great. He's a Hall of Famer. That doesn't mean anything. You, you have to – he doesn't mean he's going to be that much better than somebody like Matt Gay who's going way later or even uh, Bass in Buffalo or Ryan Sukup in Tampa Bay. There are guys you can get as a kicker later, later on in drafts. Now, I know a lot of you might play in leagues without kickers, and that's a moot point. But if you do play in a league with a kicker, don't take two of them and certainly don't take one before your last pick of the draft. My goodness. I I can't preach that enough. I can't get high enough on a soapbox to tell you that is something that you just should not do. Now, this next one you might not be able to do depending on who you choose, and that is handcuff your uh, running back. Now, handcuffing a wide receiver is a lot harder because you don't always know who's going to step up and be the number one guy. Sometimes you do, but those guys are usually on teams already because teams use multiple receivers. Running backs are a little bit different. I use Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison as good examples of this. Pollard might have some use on his own as a pass-catching running back in that offense, especially now that... Dallas is down wide receivers. Michael Gallup may not be ready for week one. And you have to just uh, you plan accordingly, of course, if you uh, have players like that that aren't playing. But we'll get to injuries when we get to them. I'm getting off on a tangent here, so I'll come back to it. But you want to handcuff your running backs, if at all possible. If you have Cam Akers, grab Daryl Henderson. Even if you know Henderson has an injury history, so does Cam Akers. So back up your investments. 
Uh, same thing again with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. That might be harder to do because they're more equally ranked. Uh, AJ Dillon is a great handcuff for Aaron Jones. They both have standalone value as Pollard and Zeke. But uh, Alexander Madison, who I mentioned a few minutes ago, is perhaps the number one handcuff in all of the NFL. We know through the past few years that if Dalvin Cook misses time and he misses games, we know this, Madison comes in and they don't miss a beat. He gets the job done. He, he, uh, I think he averaged 20.2 fantasy points in PPR in the four weeks that uh, Dalvin Cook didn't play or the three weeks that he didn't play. So keep your eyes open for that. Handcuff whenever possible. Nobody's going to be grabbing Alexander Madison in, in the eighth or ninth round unless you're a Dalvin Cook owner, in which case I would tell you to do that. Protect your investments. And that's really why I'm telling you to build your bench out. If you don't have a running back that has a clear handcuff like Saquon Barkley, for example, or Josh Jacobs, you know, the list goes on. You need to have starting running backs on your bench so that you can just flip them in there, not only for bye weeks, but in case an injury hits. Don't get caught with your pants down. It's just something that you, you it, it's really, in my opinion, it's fantasy football 101. Make sure you protect your investments. Now, this one is, is super important and it plays to what I've been saying, but I got to put it into these terms so that everybody can understand what I'm trying to say. Don't feel that you have to draft all of your starters at once. You draft, let's just say you play in a two wide receiver league with a flex, two running backs, kicker, defense, and quarterback. All right? Standard in most leagues. Let's just say you do that. And you drafted your two running backs. You've got three solid wide receivers. If it's a PPR league, if it's a standard league, you have a third running back in the flex. You're good to go. You want you see Kyler Murray is sitting there. But you see Allen Robinson is also out there. Or maybe A.J. Dillon. Perhaps even Ezekiel Elliott is still there. And I don't think he'll fall that far after you draft you know five guys. But I'm just kind of giving you an idea of, of what not to do here. Don't feel the need to draft that quarterback or that tight end. As I said, you can always get a quarterback later. You can get a quarterback at the end of the draft. Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, even Aaron Rodgers is falling into the teen rounds. Grab those guys. Matt Stafford, if he stays healthy. Jameis Winston is a fantastic option who's not getting drafted. The quarterback position is so deep that you don't have to grab a guy until the team rounds. So build up your bench with starting pieces in the wide receiver and the uh, running back positions. Another thing I want to talk about, and this is a huge faux pas, do not get stuck in or, or locked into a strategy. If you go into your draft, I was in the fifth position. My draft strategy was to take Justin Jefferson. I figured he would fall to me at five. And then I was looking at a way to build up my running backs in later rounds because I, I assumed I would get Jefferson at five and then build my team from there. Well, lo and behold, Jefferson went at number two and I pivoted to Dalvin Cook. And then I just switched my strategy from there. I went with the best available moving forward. C.D. Lamb in the second round, Nick Chubb fell to the third. I was extremely happy with that as, as it turned out for me. I ended up with Cortland Sutton and Brandon Cooks. I'm very, very happy with the roster. So make sure that you don't get locked into a strategy in your own mind. Don't be so stubborn that you don't see something fall onto your lap and grab it. 
And that, that includes even a tight end. If you are, if you see, say Kyle Pitts falls to the fifth round, look at value. I know I said don't take a tight end early, but the, the top three, if they fall to the fifth round, any of them, absolutely grab one of them. But after that, you might as well wait till not the end of the draft, but after you've solidified the top two positions. So there you have it. It's, it's really a small list. Make sure that you don't uh, draft backups when you don't need them. Make sure you handcuff players that you can handcuff. Make sure you stack your team with running backs and wide receivers. This is how you win championships, plain and simple. And I'm going to throw in a bonus. This has nothing to do with draft. It has more to do with the season. I do want to bring this up. Make sure that you are paying attention to what's going on every Sunday, meaning if you see an uptick in a certain player, it could be J.D. McKissick, for example. You don't know how Washington's going to be when it comes to their running backs with the unfortunate situation that happened uh, with Brian Robinson. So you have to keep an eye on what they're going to do. But J.D. McKissick is a a great example of this. Um, He might be not owned in some leagues. And if you see that he's being used, it's possible that he won't be picked up on waivers. He may not score, but he may have gotten 10, 12, 15 touches. Pay attention to this because they may not be stars for that week, but that means that the following week they could go off or this could be a trend throughout the season, and that's getting a leg up on your waiver wire. I do a segment on this uh, every week. I mean, obviously this week is a little different because I have to look at the first week's usage before I could even get to that point. But once waiver's clear, it's on Wednesdays in most leagues, you can pick up players for free, not burning a waiver priority, so on and so forth. So just something to keep in mind as the, the season plays on. Now, we can just segue right now into the Thursday night football game, Rams-Bills. Uh, you couldn't start any better than that. I mean, Super Bowl uh, champion versus the favorite in a lot of people's minds to go to the Super Bowl and maybe win it this year out of the AFC in the Buffalo Bills. We talked about Josh Allen. We'll start with the Bills. You're starting Josh Allen. Don't Nothing needs to be said there. The only running back you can even remotely start as a flex, I would say, uh, would be Devin Singletary. If you're really strong at wide receiver and you have, say, one of the three top tight ends, then Singletary can be a low-end RB2. You'll start him, and he'll get some points for you, but you got to watch and see how they use him. He looked great when he was the only guy in town last year, but they have a few more guys in James Cook who they drafted, and I guess they're bringing back Zach Moss for whatever that's worth, and Josh Allen's always a threat to run it in on his own. You're starting Stefan Diggs as the number one wide receiver there, and you're starting Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis is a breakout superstar in a lot of people's minds. I'm not sold on that yet, but he's a fine wide receiver too, or a high-end flex until you see more from it. But yeah, I guess you're not going to not start him based on the hype. You probably drafted him in a position where you have to start him. I'm a little leery of that. Uh, But, you know, obviously, go for it. Uh, Dawson Knox is a fine tight end to start. He's boom or bust. He could get a couple of touchdowns or he could get only a couple of catches. You'll have to wait and see. He's not going to win you uh, every week. He may not even win you one week. But 
You could do worse than Dawson Knox, of course. Borderline starter, in my own opinion. There is a guy, uh, he's going overlooked, really, because all of the hype is around Isaiah McKenzie, who looks great so far. But McKenzie, out of the slot for Buffalo, is uh, questionable. He may not play, or he might be limited. Jamison Crowder makes a great streaming option this week as the slot receiver for Buffalo. And you can look back, whether it was Emmanuel Sanders or whether it was Cole Beasley, they get the job done. They're fine as a flex. So if you wanted to stream somebody, if you have to stream somebody, hopefully you don't week one. There aren't a lot of injuries, but just a, a streaming option if you need one out there. If you're in a three wide receiver league and you went running back heavy or something like that, just keep it in mind. And of course, the Bills defense, even though they're going against the Rams, you're, you drafted them with the draft capital of having to start them. You're going to trot them out there. They're a sit for me this week, honestly, which is why I, I, I mean, if you wanted the Bills defense and you took them early, then yeah, I guess grab another defense uh, off waivers and, and flip flop them this week. I don't know. This is why I don't think grabbing two defenses is worth it. And this is also why I don't think getting a defense in the sixth or seventh round is worth it either. Flipping over to the Rams, you have Matthew Stafford. He's officially questionable. He has the shoulder injury. We think he'll be fine. Everybody says he's going to go. We have to watch this. Now, you may not have to start him because he went lower in drafts. You may have a different quarterback. You may have him on the bench. Perhaps you have somebody like Justin Fields. I, I'm, hear me out here. Maybe you have somebody like Justin Fields who you might want to start because if you start a guy that's hurt on a Thursday night as, at your quarterback position, you could be in for a world of hurt. He's going against Buffalo, a great defense. So you have to keep that in mind. I'm not so sure he's a must start, but Matthew Stafford is a fine starter if that's your QB. You go to the running backs. We talked about this a little bit a moment ago. Man, I'd like to I'd like to like Cam Akers. I would. However, the way in which it's starting to look, they are going to go with a committee here. Now, I know you hear everything that they don't do that in uh, in L.A. The Rams don't operate that way. I get all of that. But with the injury history of both of these guys, it would be smart to keep them in tandem with one another. We'll have to watch and see how it plays out. Cam Akers, he's a fine running back, too. And I would say that uh, Daryl Henderson is a desperation flex at this point. After the first week, it might be different. We might see more of a 50-50 split, in which case Daryl Henderson, if he's still out on waivers, might be the number one pickup of the week, or at least one of them. Wide receivers. Van Jefferson is questionable. Hopefully, you're unless you're in a super deep league, 18, 20 teams, you're not trotting out Van Jefferson for any reason. Cooper Cup must start clearly. And Allen Robinson is also a must start for me. I think he's going to have a huge year there as long as uh, Stafford's shoulder doesn't fall off. And uh, tight end, Tyler Higby is under the radar. Uh, He's not flashy. He's not sexy. He's not appealing. But he does get targeted in the red zone. He can score touchdowns. And who knows? They're going to have to cover these wide receivers now that they got two guys that – and nothing against Robert Woods – But Allen Robinson is on another level if he's healthy, and I think this is going to be a high-flying offense. So that might open up the door for Higby to get uh, more looks than normal, more catches than normal. So in PPR, I like him. So he's, again, a fine start 
from the uh, from the position of tight end. And then the Rams defense. The Rams defense is prolific. It's a great defense on paper. From the standpoint of uh, fantasy, it's underperformed last year. So you got to look at that too. They lost Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey. We'll see how, how that works out. These guys are getting older. Donald is a monster. We know that. I don't know that I would start them against Buffalo. So I'm going to go with a sit on the Rams defense. So And, and that was just a quick summation of the game, how I feel about it. And, um, you know, as the season goes on, these will get a little more in-depth. But without seeing anybody on the field in play that matters, we've only seen it in preseason and we only can know what we hear. This is what I have to go on. I'm leery of Gabriel Davis. I love Stefan Diggs. Devin Singletary's fine as a flex. You're starting Josh Allen. You got to start the Bills defense. Dawson Knox, eh, meza mez. And a sneaky possible uh, guy for you could be Jamison Crowder. On the flip side, watch these running backs. Definitely start Akers. Um, you probably have to based on where you took them. You, the wide receivers, you put them out there with confidence. I even like Tyler Higby uh, in this offense. Matt Stafford, you want to kind of watch him a little bit. And, of course, you're going to sit the defense. So that's it in a nutshell. This was quick and easy. And uh, most of the podcasts moving forward will be quick like this. We'll we'll do a little different things during the, during the course of the uh, season. I do want to come back later in the week, right before the season starts. Maybe I'll release it on Thursday. Bold predictions of the season. See how we stand with that. Uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe some craziness will come out of that. We'll see. But um, that's going to be it for today. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening, listening to me rant and rave like I usually do. Hopefully this is helpful to you, if not for this year's draft moving forward. And football's here, guys. It is here. I can smell it. It's in the air. It's cooling off a little bit. Even here in Charlotte, it's not, I mean, I say cooling off mid-80s, but I'll take it. And It's almost kickoff. So, guys, enjoy the hell out of your football. Have a great, great week. And do everything that you need to do to keep that leg up on all of your competition. I will talk to you guys later. See ya.